Hello, and welcome to Hotivities. My name is Danny, and I will be your host along this journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the experience. today. I would like to welcome you back to Hotivities, and if you are a first-time listener, I hope you find something worth remembering from this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage discussion about any and all things, judgment-free, and to draw attention to worldly things that should have a greater awareness throughout society. So today, I have a very interesting guest with me, I would like to welcome my beautiful sister to the podcast this week. She is so fantastic and accomplished in life. I swear she's my idol. (laughs) She's part owner of The Story Inn and has her culinary degree from Le Cordon Bleu. She's also a professional wedding planner. Talk about a badass bitch. So what is it like having to juggle so many things in your life? Um, for me, I'm ADD. So I like to have multiple tasks going on pretty much all of the time. Um, so I love I love the stress of it. There's always something going on between weddings, the restaurant, overnight cabins and rooms, and then um, special events. Wow, that's a lot you have going on. Speaking of like owning and managing a business, what are some things that you have improved about story? Oh, story. Okay. Um, well, our goal back when we moved here in 2015 was to really bring a new um, outlook and concept to story. We wanted to refresh all the cabins. We wanted to provide a better food and beverage service. Um, we grow all of our own vegetables and fruits on property. Mm-hmm. And what we don't grow on property, we source from local purveyors. So that was something that we first did right when we moved here that we're really proud of. Weddings have quadrupled since I've been here. Wow. Yes. And our staff, we've retained the same staff since we started, which is pretty unheard of in the food and beverage industry. Wow. That's really a lot that you have to do. What has been a big hurdle to overcome mentally with owning and managing a business, would you say? I think the hardest thing for me is living in Indiana. I'm from Texas, and my family and support is all there. Mm -hmm. So being this far away from them, um, I think, is the most difficult thing for me. Yeah, of course. I bet it would be really hard. Do you have any tips or advice for anyone who's interested in owning or managing a business? Um, Yes huge tips in this um I would say for anyone who's wanting to become a manager or anything in you know the hospitality industry is um patience have patience with customers know that today is today and tomorrow is tomorrow and it will start over fresh I guess that's what you have to think about all the time just to get you through the day you know like and that can be generalized to any profession it's just like what are you going to do today? What are you going to bring to the table? You know, like whenever you wake up and eat breakfast or drink coffee, whatever you do in the morning, think to yourself, okay, today is a 
going to be a new day. It's going to be a good day. What can I do to make today the best that it can be? That's amazing. I love that. So moving on to a different aspect aspect <laughs> of your life, um, dealing with culinary, the culinary arts. So I know you have your degree from Le Cordon Bleu. What was that experience like? The schooling? Yeah. I loved it. Every day we got to cook new, exciting dishes. Um, I learned so much about culinary history and where cuisine comes from and how each different country and state and region um, differs depending on who's, like, where their background is from, which is really neat. Wow, I bet you get to know, like, a lot more about people and, like, what they eat and, like, depending on, like, their background or where they're from, like, what region of the country or world. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what was it like getting a job after you're completing your culinary degree? <laughs> well, finishing your culinary degree does not mean that you're a chef. It means that you are at the bottom of the totem pole in the kitchen. So, um best advice to anyone who finishes culinary school is start from the bottom and work your way up. Um, learn about different parts of a restaurant. Um, I have worked shucking oysters. I have worked in garmage um, until, you know, I moved past that. Mm-hmm. But learning all of the different positions is great because then I can refer back to that if I if ever need be, you know, yeah. as for reference. Of course, like I, I definitely feel like you have to, well, I'm not a chef, but I feel like in a lot of situations you have to work your way from the bottom so that you understand where people's minds are whenever they're working in any type of job, if that makes sense. Like you understand what it takes to get a job done. You understand the mentality of a certain job. Like it's just, that's really awesome. That's really cool. Do you have like any specific place that you liked a lot that you worked or like where have you worked? I have worked all over the country. Um, my favorite job working in the culinary industry was at Solo Farm and Table in South London, near Vermont. Um, it was the same or similar concept to what we have at Story. We grew as much as we could on property. All the vendors were local. We would break um, down animals from like the entire animal coming in. <laughs> You know, wow. breaking it down from like a whole standpoint, which is really, really awesome. Um, not a lot of people get that um, opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Like having like the whole breakdown of something, like understanding everything about that. Wow, that's really cool. So I know this is kind of a basic question, but what is your favorite thing to cook for yourself? You know, I get asked that question. That's probably. The number one question I get asked when someone finds out I'm in the culinary industry. Um, I think my favorite thing to make would be breakfast food. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> I really like Eggs Benedict is my favorite. So that's probably my favorite thing to make. Eggs Benedict is definitely my favorite breakfast food. By far, I love Eggs Benedict. Okay, so now that we've covered that, I would love to talk about any and all of your wedding planning adventures that you've had from the past few years. So generally, what are brides leading up to the wedding? Like, what are they like? Well, there's different kinds of brides. We have our um, 
very chaotic bride who <laughs> changes her mind completely like a month out. She wants a whole new menu. She wants a whole new setup. Um, then we have our calm and collected brides, which mm-hmm. are my favorite. But normally with the calm bride, the mom or the mother-in-law <laughs> is a little nutty. So there is that. Um, and then there's the brides that just don't care, that don't want to make any decisions. I don't like those brides either um, because <laughs> it's your wedding day. You need to make decisions. Yeah. And that's what's important for a wedding planner to know, like, what colors do you like? What setups do you like? Mm-hmm. I like brides that are as open as possible. Yeah, because, you know, you want their day to be, like, what they envisioned as a child. I don't know. Okay, I've, I'm yeah. generalizing to everyone, but I definitely, I did that when I was a kid. I still do. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you say to help brides or grooms? Um, yes, that this is just, this is a normal day. This is not a fairy tale day. This is a normal day. You're going to be surrounded by the people that love you and to enjoy it. I mean, being stressed out about a wedding, there's no sense in it. You you just need to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Let it go with the flow. It's okay if the timing <laughs> is two or three minutes off. It's okay. It's still going to happen. You're about to be married. And, I mean, think about all the gifts you're going to get. Think about the food, mm-hmm. the dancing. And it's just such a special day. I always tell brides to... Also, have their ceremony a little bit earlier in the day so they can have more time with their family and friends. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, make it last all day instead of just, like, an evening thing. Yeah. It's one, like, weekend that's all about you. So, use it. Exactly, I like that. (laughs) That makes me remember a funny story. I don't know if you remember this, but whenever I came to visit you one year, I was helping with a wedding and <laughs> and you asked me you were like uh, I wanted to help because I love helping you get things done because I know it can be really stressful and you were like yeah I would love your help you can do the music I can play the music whenever she walks down the aisle and the bridesmaids and everyone walks down the aisle I was like okay this is great I'll do the ceremony music and it was super easy. All I did was press play on a device. And it was just supposed to run through, right? Like, there was no hiccups that could have happened. So I was like, okay. So I'm, I'm in this back room, and I'm just staring at this phone with all of these songs that need to be played. And I just, whenever I'm given the go-ahead, I start playing these songs. I didn't know this, so, <laughs> so the <laughs> so the music starts playing. It's like ten seconds in, and then the Bluetooth, the device that I was playing it off of, connects to was it the bar Bluetooth? Yeah, the yeah. bar playlist. The bar playlist, <laughs> and it starts playing hard rock, like hard classic rock, <laughs> like out loud everyone can hear it it's so nerve-wracking my heart is beating out of my chest I'm frantic I almost passed out I didn't know what to do so I like switched it back over to the wedding playlist it ends up doing this like three or four different times and 
I just know that the bride is in tears somewhere wanting to kill me, wanting to take my head off. Like, <laughs> I will never forget that. I will never forget that either. Um, since she, I was her point of reference, she definitely came up to me and told me about it. Um, but she was so happy with everything regardless. Um, you know, she let it go. She was a fun bride. She wrote it down in her wedding book to always remember that time, you know, the yeah. funny things. And and that's what I mean. Like, on your wedding day, just relax and take it easy. It doesn't have to be point, 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 point. It can be a little off. And the little things that make it off are the best stories to tell later in the future. Oh, I completely agree with that. So would you say that there are dress codes for weddings? And like, how do you know about that? If that makes sense. Like, how do you know, say you're going to go to a wedding, how do you know that there's a dress code? Or if you're a, like hosting the wedding, how do you know which dress code to go with? If that makes sense. So um, my best thing, like when you get an invitation to a wedding, typically the bride will put the dress code on the invitation. Uh, she'll say casual, formal, or she'll let you know it's outside. So if someone were to get married here at Story, I tell them to let their guests know not to wear high heels because we have a barn venue and there's gravel around it and it's very hard to walk in high heels. Yeah. So I always, you know, ask them to let their guests know. Um, things not to do for weddings as a guest to wear white to wear obviously yes like <laughs> it could be white don't wear pearl don't wear champagne color that those are the bridal colors so let her have her one day you may have the beautiful white dress that you want to wear don't wear it <laughs> wear a different color do you have any pet peeves with like say you're going to go to a wedding is there any type of like dress codes that you're like oh my gosh or things that you just hate about like dressing like if you do or anything like that for like myself going mm -hmm. to a wedding yeah or on the other side of things I do I mean I like to know what I need to wear I, I like for the person to like at least let us know about the venue a little bit mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll, I always look up the venue if it's outdoors you know I'll bring a jacket or I'll wear like wedges instead of high heels mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing I feel like I feel like when you're going to a wedding, you should probably look up the venue regardless. For sure. Just to see what it's like. Yeah, exactly. You want to be, like, prepared so you know what you're, like, walking into. So how do you be a good bride or groom or guest at a wedding? Uh, being a good guest is showing up at least 15 minutes early. Um, showing up at the time it says on the invitation. Like, if the ceremony's at 4.30, do not show up at 4.30. That is the time the bride and groom are going to walk down the aisle. Yeah. So show, show up early, um, bring a gift. Like even if it's a card, something thoughtful for them to take home, it's really nice. Sign their guest book. So many times we'll do weddings and they'll have they'll get guest books and no one will sign the guest book. And that's the bride's like memories going back, looking at it exactly. after the wedding. Yeah. To be a good bride and a good groom, provide alcohol for your guest. No one wants to go to a wedding where there's no food or alcohol. <laughs> no one. Yeah, right? I mean, I always had this idea where I didn't want to go to a wedding. I, okay, I know it's very popular to go to a wedding 
and get intoxicated but for my wedding I didn't want to be just like obliterated like I want to remember everything and I don't want say Uncle Tom to like just be harassing everyone intoxicated but I know that there's a lot of fun weddings that are like that Um, and definitely having a full bar or whatever would be a really good idea for sure definitely and maybe like start off slow with you know the bar mm-hmm. and then the first wave of maybe like grandma and grandpa leave or <laughs> aunts and uncles leave then maybe bring out you know shots or whatever like hard liquor whatever yeah, you want to do exactly be tasteful <laughs> and tasty <Ooh>. yeah <laughs> so i also want to talk about some do's and don'ts so what about party favors what are some do's and don'ts for that Mm, um I like when people get guests something that they can use in the future Mm -hmm. um bubbles aren't really something that guests like to take home anymore (laughs) so maybe like party favors get them something that will remind them of you but also something that they can use at home yeah that totally makes sense what about etiquette is there any etiquette that you would say would be important for weddings kind of realize that it is the bride and groom's day so don't try to steal the show oh like that thing where um people will propose at weddings oh my gosh don't do that yeah don't do that that's terrible and it's so selfish what the heck (laughs) what about oh sorry i interrupted you oh no that's it oh um, what about food? Would you say what would you say is like the best way to like prepare food or do you go back for seconds or you know, like what are what about food, do's and don'ts? Um well for the writing group I always say order extra food because there's nothing worse than running out of food. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on a wedding day. I think seconds are fine. I mean a lot of people do that at our weddings. We do a lot of family-style weddings where we bring platters to the tables, and Mm -hmm. it's not so nerve-wracking going back up to get anything extra that you might want to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, And people don't really prefer plated anymore. Like, the plated style of service, there's just so many allergies and different things that go on with people um, that, you know, if I get a big plate of mac and cheese... I don't really like mac and cheese. You know, I would I would have rather had like more vegetables. So like, look at different dining situations for yeah. food. Um, family style is beautiful, and it showcases food. Um, buffets aren't as bad if you decorate the buffet table. Don't just have like chafing dishes. Decorate it like like you would the rest of your wedding. Yeah, and make it beautiful. Mm-hmm. What about recycling? Is there any way that you can weddings can recycle? For sure. So at Story, we use only compostable products. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do have a compost on site. Um, I would look at things that are definitely biodegradable, things, you know, or use porcelain. Don't use plastic or um, styrofoam. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so with weddings, I think you should definitely travel safely when traveling to any wedding and something that's been on my mind recently would be sex trafficking 
And you may ask, what is it? You probably already know. Um, but the CDC defines tra sex trafficking as a type of human trafficking where the trafficker exploits the victim with force, fraud, or coercion to make them perform commercial sex or work. <laughs> that honestly sounds kind of scary. Perpetrators of human trafficking often target people who are poor, vulnerable, or living in an unsafe situation, or even searching for a better life. Victims can come from all backgrounds, and they become trapped in different locations and situations. So it affects all races, ethnicities, socioeconomic levels, and gender identities and nationalities. And you might wonder, like, who are the traffickers? And I always think of that movie, Taken. But there's no evidence that traffickers are more likely to be of a particular race, nationality, gender, or sexual orientation. They may be family members, romantic partners, acquaintances, or even strangers. And the stranger part is where I get the movie taken from. <laughs> um, what's the line? I will find you and hunt you down and kill you. How does it go? <laughs> I think it says something like, something like that. Something like that. That's creepy. I know. But an example of how they lure their victims in would be, so say a would-be employer refuses to give workers a signed contract and asks them to sign a contract in a language they can't read. Maybe a friend or family member, coworker or student is newly showered with gifts, money, or otherwise becomes involved in an overwhelming, fast-moving, romantic relationship. So maybe getting to know a stranger who you met online. And also, going back to the job thing, maybe a job that is too good to be true, that's, it's too good to be true because it's not true. It's not a job, it's a kidnapping. And you may wonder like, oh, okay, well, this isn't gonna happen to me, but worldwide, it's most common in Pakistan, Thailand, China, India, and Bangladesh. They're the top 10 countries with the largest number of tra trafficking victims around the world. And some, some figures that you may take into account would be in India, there's 14 million victims. China comes in second with 3.2 million and Pakistan comes in third with 2.1 million. But in the US, there's higher numbers of reported cases found in California, New York, Texas, and Florida. So. If you're in any of those states, please read up on this. And now that we know what it is, who is affected, and etc., let's talk about prevention. Some things that would really help would be community awareness of human trafficking and knowing the signs. So some ideas would be think before you go places. So lock your doors whenever you first get in the car don't leave the door open whenever you're gathering your stuff to leave and don't leave the door open until you have everything and you're ready to get out of the car or public transportation it can work both ways you should always be aware stay off your phone whenever you're walking to your car or public transportation when walking to your car or public transportation analyze if there's anything suspicious or if someone is following you that's a big thing you should always be aware of your surroundings um a national U.S. hotline for sex trafficking is 1-888-373-7888, and it's open 24-7. I will definitely put this number in the comment section. 
So I hope you found this podcast useful and entertaining. (laughs) Also, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to give a big thanks to Katie. You are so amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'll catch you next week with Hoativities. Hoativities.